Hey everyone, I hope you are having a great day today. Welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. If you're new here, the Living Easy Podcast is a rapidly growing and top-rated podcast for strengthening marriages, finding joy in parenthood, and growing in your faith. I have two mottos. Nothing changes if nothing changes, and you are more than your mess. So on this podcast, we like to dig deep into the hard topics with a whole lot of laughter and biblical truth. My goal is to make you feel like you're having coffee with a friend while also listening to conversations that will help you to thrive in your life in spite of your surrounding circumstances. And so today, because God is good and life is just cool, I spoke with five-time Grammy-nominated artist Matthew West. I've been listening to his music for over 10 years. And on today's episode, Matthew opens up and talks about how listening well has changed the way he does music and the impact that people's stories have had on his own life. We discuss his own personal struggles with insecurity and his striving in spite of his platform and success I really loved the entirety of this conversation, but one piece of wisdom that I took away was his differentiation between seeking God's will versus seeking God's stamp of approval on our own will. It was so good. He also shares about his experience writing songs for esteemed artists like Rascal Flatts, Casting Crowns, and Vince Gill. He discusses one of the most powerful stories he's ever heard, and he even sings to us, which was so cool, as he shares one of his songs that was inspired by one of the most powerful stories he has ever heard. If you enjoy this episode, you guys, it would be awesome if you would take a screenshot of the episode and share on social media. If you haven't rated and reviewed on iTunes, that would be a dream. If you could scroll down from today's episode or from the homepage on Living Easy and take a quick second to give a star rating and a little bit of feedback because that goes a long way in the podcast world. So I'm going to share a couple of quick clips of my favorite songs of Matthew's just to remind you of all of his goodness, and then we'll dive in. good and I'm so excited for you all to hear this conversation. Let's jump in. We were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and super crazy, but when we do life together, we find that it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life, in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. 
I love to dig deep and talk about the really raw things that people are not always comfortable discussing. And I'm also passionate about sharing practical tips that have helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. We will laugh together and struggle together. You will hear honest insights on strengthening your faith and your marriage, parenthood, how-tos, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I am Lindsay Maestas. Welcome to the Living Easy Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. This is Lindsay Maestas, and today I am so excited to announce that I am here with five-time Grammy-nominated artist, Matthew West. Hey. Hey, how are you? (laughs) Good. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me today. Sure. So Matthew and I were chatting beforehand. Um, I told him I live in Albuquerque. He lives in Nashville, and today is an exciting day for him because at the time of recording, he has just launched the Matthew West podcast. So we're celebrating that today. We are (laughs) celebrating. We are celebrating. I just, you know, I just looked around. I studied the podcast space, and I just realized, you know, there's just not enough podcasts in the world. (laughs) Yeah, There's only only millions, and I I figured, you know, we just need one more, and that's that's really, so I'm really, I'm doing this because I feel like it's my, it's my duty. <laughs> yeah, totally. When we started our first, um, which was two years ago, almost two years ago now, there were only, it was like 50 new podcasts a day. And now it's somewhere crazy, like 3000 or something, but you're in the right market. Cause you're working with Annie F Downs too, right? With the, that sounds fun network. And that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Annie's great. And, uh, we've known each other for a while. I was a guest on her show. I think like, gosh, I think it was this year. I feel like suddenly like the beginning of 2020 feels like a decade ago. (laughs) It's the strangest year. So, but, uh, I was a guest on her show and we had become just kind of acquaintances and I've been working on this podcast sort of just behind the scenes, not really telling anybody that I was doing it. Sometimes I feel like, uh, and music, a lot of it's like about, you're talking about what you're up to, what you're working on, you're building up excitement. And sometimes there's just like real creative excitement when you don't like for me personally, like when I don't promo it. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, I just want to like put my head down do something that I think is excellent, you know, whether it's writing a song or coming. So sometimes I'll come up with a whole project, but not even tell any of my team and I'll just Mm. go to work. And then all of a sudden I'm like, here you go. Here's the children's (laughs) book or something. I don't know. know That's like Taylor Swift. She just announced her, she just released a new record and she didn't even tell her record label about it until it was like time. And that's the, you know, if you're Taylor Swift, yeah. you can definitely <laughs> you can do that and not tell anybody and yeah. somehow still everybody knows. Know. You know? Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's exciting to, you know, it's exciting to release something that's different than music and, mm-hmm. and yet hopefully just as impactful, you know, just trying to be, I like to think that, Hey, there's a million, there's millions of podcasts, but the world needs shows like yours and hopefully shows like mine where yeah. it's a message of hope. It's not, it's not a message of division. It's not a bunch of people yelling and, Amen. you know, throwing you get enough of that on head. Facebook. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and on television and everywhere. So yeah. just a night, uh, just a positive voice out there in the podcast world. Good for you. And so who are a couple of people that you've talked to or that you hope to speak with? Oh gosh. I mean, well, the, the main theme of the show is like, we're going to investigate unsolved crimes. Yeah. And, uh, really? Just kidding. 
<laughs> oh I'm yeah, that'd be, weird that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, so man, I've gotten the chance to have some really cool conversations, but we launched the podcast with three episodes just to give people a real clear example of what yeah. they can expect in the format of the show and the style of the show. And so my first two episodes were with um, one of my closest friends is Mark Hall, who's the lead singer of Casting Crowns. Yeah. but. He would rather be known as a youth pastor. He's just like this awesome dude. And wow. we've written a bunch of songs together. We were actually supposed to be on tour together this spring. And so we wound up getting to have a podcast conversation instead. Cool. And then um, my second interview, we came right right, right in with uh, an interview with Sadie Robertson. Oh, I'm jealous of that. Yeah. And Sadie's <laughs> mom, Corey, joined. So oh it was like... Gosh. So to talk to a mother and daughter who are like super close and mm -hmm. I'm a dad of two girls. And so that was a very like that was kind of a wish list for me to, to chat with both of them because I've known them. But I really like, you know, I'm trying to raise daughters and mm -hmm. I really want them to grow up to be like Sadie. Sadie's one of those positive role models right now mm -hmm. in a world that is very short. That list of positive female role models is a short list Amen. and she's on it. And so it really cool. And then we did a third episode where at the end of every month we do what's called a VIP Q and a, and it's, it's like modeled after when I go on tour and before the concert, we hang with people early before the show and they get a chance to tell their story or ask a question or make a request. And then, so every episode kind of features, um, once a month we feature the stories of other people's lives. So it's, That's it's so been pretty cool. cool to put it all together. Good for you. That sounds so fun. Well, and even as we started speaking, you immediately were asking me about myself and which honestly is kind of rare when doing interviews. And so I really appreciate that. But that's what you <laughs> built like your your ministry and your music off of is sharing people's stories and seeing the power behind those. I think often in our world, our own desire is to be heard um, yeah. we want to speak out. We want to share on Instagram all about our perfect lives or on Facebook about our political opinions. And we don't really step back to hear people and to like really listen. So when did you discover maybe that sense within yourself or what prompted that for you to be interested in hearing people out and how has that affected your life and your relationships? That's a good question. You know, it's funny, like you talk about asking people questions about their life early in my music career, I, I got rejected by the record labels. And so I was actually known first as a songwriter behind the scenes and mm -hmm. I would write songs for other artists and I would get put in the room with recording artists who had record deals. So like they were where I wanted to be, but they maybe couldn't write a song as well as I could. Yeah. And so, so they would be Let's sort be of honest. <laughs> almost well i just had been no, working true. so hard at that and there yeah. was this like, but some of the artists would have this reluctance to like get together with somebody it's like well don't you know i don't need help or whatever but mm. one thing i noticed in those early years is i would sit down and i would write with when i wrote with the recording artist they it felt like they thought they were still doing a radio interview and like four hours would come and go and they wouldn't ask one question about me mm. it was just like it was like that I would leave knowing every detail about their life. And, you know, it was just kind of this. And I think sometimes we as artists, it's, it's, it's almost not our fault sometimes because a lot of our lives are 
things like this. Doing that, yeah. Interviews where you're asking me questions, and I'm thankful for the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of get into that mode, almost just thinking, "Oh, everybody wants to hear what I have to say." And I just remember early on in those rooms, like walking out of there, going, "If I ever get a record deal, I am I am not going to be that self." indulgent. I am not going to be that self-focused. Yeah. And of course, guess what? You know, you get into it and your, 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 your career progresses and you can still catch yourself sometimes. Just, you know, my wife's very good about saying, Hey, you know, it's, you're not doing a radio interview right now. Yeah. Like just be here, you know? So some of that's by way of like the conditions of our experience, but. Well, I but do. Yeah, I mean, I do appreciate that though, because like I said, I, that might be a first for me. Truly. And I've been doing this for two years where someone comes on and is like, tell me about you. I, usually it's like, hey, let me just tell you a little bit and then we'll get past me and we'll get to you. Then maybe my podcast will be a hit. Maybe yeah, it's just it will. Maybe I'm natural. So <laughs> no, I, but, but you know, I've always been passionate about people's stories too. Since a very young age, a specific memory for me was my dad is a pastor and he's a great storyteller mm. from the stage. Like he would always just find a way to make the scripture come to life. And he would tell stories from the local news and tie it into what God's shown us through scripture. We supported a, uh, we still do actually to this day, a Christian drug recovery program called teen challenge. Oh, and yeah. my my dad would have this Teen Challenge Center come from the inner city of Chicago every couple of months to our home church in the suburbs. And these guys would get up and they're all going through their recovery journey and they would sing as a choir. And then some of the guys would take the microphone and as part of their recovery, they're telling their story. Mm-hmm. And I just, I was just so, I was just so like impacted by these guys standing up with the microphone, many of them never spoke in front of a crowd before. And they were just talking about their addiction, but what God had done in their life. And it was so powerful. And that always stuck with me. Like what, not only the power of what happens when somebody tells their story, but the power of what happens when somebody tells an authentic story and doesn't cut out the cut out the bad parts. These mm-hmm. guys were like leading. They were talking like they were at an AA meeting. Like yeah. what happens at a recovery group is, hello, my name is blank. And this is my weakness. Yeah. Like you, it starts with an admission of guilt. So there's just freedom. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always been drawn to what it looks like to tell an authentic story with your life. And in many ways that's shaped the music that I make to this day. That's so good. So that is interestingly what I, what started my ministry. And I share that because I basically opened up about something in my life that was really shameful for me. And I had felt like I came to a place where the Lord was like, I've freed you from this. There's no shame. Although sometimes you may feel shame. Sometimes you may experience condemnation, but that's not from me. The freedom is from me. And, and when I would share it in a very closed setting, you would sense with somebody who had experienced something similar for me, it was like promiscuity and just being super scandalous and seeking out attention anywhere I could get it before I came to know the Lord. And when I'd share it, it was just like, oh, you too, you know? And the one post, the first post I shared about it when I, I actually shared this in a past interview, but when I shared it, I was just flooded with tears because I was like, man, I don't know if I'm ready for that to be known. But then with the response that comes of like, oh my gosh, I've never heard someone talk about it with such openness, you know, Um, because it is a shameful thing. Like it's not something I'm proud of, 
But I think that's just the lie that the enemy brings is that those stories that we feel like we can't share are the ones that really God uses to comfort others. And so I love that you pursue that and hearing that in people, because not only does it bring all of your listeners to your music, that freedom, but it brings those people the freedom to say like, man, that's off my chest. Or man, I actually have somebody who cares enough to hear my story. So what would you say is one of the most impactful stories that you've heard and how how did you shift that into a song or a book? Well, first I would say like, good for you for leading in that way and being, Thanks. you know, I think that's, you know, we use the word influencer a lot. And mm-hmm. I, think, I think that word gets used too lightly because yeah. I mean, or, or I guess maybe it's more of a matter of like what type, what type of, of influence, influence. Yeah. you know, so for you to lead and, and, and to not, you know, to step beyond the fear of what will people think mm. and, is to really embrace the freedom that, that I know what's behind me. I've been set free from, I know what's behind me. I've been forgiven for, I know and really embrace. And and I think a lot of the reason why that's tough for us to do is not only what will people think, how would they judge us? But it's also because I think deep down, many of us, you know, stand in church on a Sunday morning we sing about God's forgiveness, but we rarely forgive ourselves. Mm. We, that next step of like, well, if I really believe God's forgiven me, how come I can't let myself off the hook, you know? And that's a big part of my story. So I think for me, one of the reasons why I crave hearing people's authentic stories and then shining a light on them is because I crave the ability to do the same in my own life. And so every time I hear somebody share you know, their story, the good, the bad, and the broken, as I like to say, mm-hmm. it reminds me that I'm free to do the same. And I, and I think what you said, it's like when you shared it, people were like, Oh, Oh, me too. And it's, mm-hmm. I think about like the me too movement. movement. Yeah. You know, the reason why that was so had so much power to it is and that carries beyond just what that one issue was surround as valid as that was, right, you know, right. in the workplace and things like that. But that is, the me too movement is, is really, uh, on a larger scale, the, the message of the gospel. If you think about it, like I never really thought of it that way, but I think about like, gosh, you know, like it's really God's glory to come from a place where something that you want so secret, that is so secretive and so hidden and so shameful to something where you can say like, all right, I'm going to pronounce or announce this to the world that doesn't speak of me because everything in my life was hidden. I mean, I just lied to everyone and I hid everything. So for me to come out and speak these things with the embarrassment that kind of comes with it is only to show the power of God and how much freedom he really can bring. And all it does is bring more people out of their own hiding, more people out of their own shadows, just like first Peter two, nine, that talks Mm -hmm. about how we've been called out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. And when we, we bring, when we bring all of our stories out of the darkness and into the light, first of all, we open ourselves up to find real healing in our own lives. But second of all, the healing that takes place in our lives then becomes the beacon of light that starts to bring healing to other people. And they can go, Oh, wait a minute. I'm not the only one because one of the, one of the enemy's biggest goals in our lives is not just to get us knocked down. He wants to keep us down and it's shame that keeps us down and Mm. keeps us isolated and feeling like not only are you messed up, but you're the only one who's that. True. I mean, that's, that's the defeating blow. So I guess speaking on those, those terms, you know, the, 
one of the stories that comes out when you asked me was, um, and this was, this inspired a song that was never like a number one hit song or anything like that. But this woman named Jenny heard me speaking at a conference in Texas. And I was talking about what I just shared with you. How there's, you know, there's power in your story and mm-hmm. God can speak through the parts of your story that you think are worthless. And she came home from the conference and decided to write her story down and send it to me. And in doing so, she told me she was setting free a 35 year old secret. And as a wow. teenage kid, um, she got pregnant. She didn't love the, her boyfriend. Her boyfriend didn't love her. It was, you know, just this, uh, this situation she found herself in where she knew she was going to be judged by her church and her family. And so, you know, in the, in her words, she went and in her mind, she went and took care of the problem so that she wouldn't have to face that judgment. And she told me that for 35 years, she never told anybody 35 years. She was married. She'd been married now for, for over 20 years, never even told her husband. And she said, I just feel like I need this, you know? And so what she didn't know is that I was going to read her story and then be inspired. I wrote a song for her called the healing has begun. Mm. And, uh, and the first line says, you have carried, you, you have carried the, <laughs> no, I'm thinking. Do it, that. sing for us. <laughs> I would love that. Sometimes I have to Google my own lyrics, which sounds. <laughs> That's okay. Um, you have a lot of songs. Well, it's just for whatever reason, like my brain is. Oh, here we go. This was her song. You have carried the weight of your secret for way too long, thinking if there is a place called forgiveness, you don't belong. Oh, but freedom can never be found behind those walls. So just let them fall. Let them fall. Oh, oh, the healing has begun. And it goes on to say, how long has it been since you felt anything but shame? Child, lift up your eyes because mercy remembers your name. And those tears you've been holding back, let them fall like rain because today's the day the healing has begun. And the last verse says, there's a world full of people dying from broken hearts, holding on to their guilt, thinking they fell too far. So don't be afraid to show them your beautiful scars because they're the proof. You're the proof that the healing has begun. And yeah, I called, I called Jenny, I called her and I said, Hey, you know, I wrote you a song and I said, but I just had to ask you why of all people would you set your secret free with me? Why'd mm. you tell me? And she kind of laughed and she's like, honestly, I didn't think you'd ever read it. You know, I just thought I, she's like, Sending I thought I was an sending, email. Yeah. Off yeah. to some, off to the abyss and some singer, he's never going to read it. And then she started crying. She said, oh. but I'm, I'm glad you did because I don't have any secrets anymore. And that was too heavy for me for so many years. She, she went and sat down with her husband after that because she knew her story was about to be told. Mm-hmm. And I just began to do a powerful work of restoration in her life. Um, she went on to, to share her story and work at a crisis pregnancy center for years. And wow. she's doing great. And so when I think of what we were just talking about, that's a story that comes to mind that mm-hmm. just... Uh, what a beautiful example of, of how God can really bring healing and, and remind us that man, we don't have to have any secrets because the Bible tells us nothing's hidden from him. Yeah. So, so what are we trying to hide for? Wow. That's, I mean, not even saying this just because of who you are and what you do, but what a gift for her to hear her story reconciled with the gospel in a way like your song from somebody who worships Jesus as a job, as a ministry, and to have that written out for her just to remember that freedom. Like that's, I can't even imagine just her knowing you read it and receiving her story and reaching out, but then also writing that song. It's beautiful. It actually sounds like it could be a rap after you saying your part. And then so I was like, that could be like a rap. (laughs) 
sounds yeah, cool. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think this white boy is going to be rapping anytime soon. But, uh, I'll leave that to the experts, man. Yeah. Those guys, they're, they're good at that. But but you're right. It's, uh, you know, it's just, you know, man, it's just power. There's power when people share their story. And, and now what's cool is like, you know, I'm writing a song or I'm, I'm doing a podcast or whatever it is. It's all, it's all about the power of story and the acknowledgement of who the real author of all stories is. Yeah. Amen. Well, and speaking of writing stories and writing songs, you had mentioned before that you had written songs for people like Casting Crowns and you've also written for Natalie Grant and Vince Gill, who actually last time we were in Nashville, randomly purchased a ticket and got to hear Vince Gill sing with Vince Gill and Joe Nichols. And it was like, Carly Pierce. It was such an incredible oh, yeah. random night, but they even said they were like, wow, this is actually a really good setup. And we had purchased it like an hour before we went, but I was in tears pretty much wow. the whole time because I just love music and it was amazing. But you've yeah. written a song for you Vince know, Gill. <laughs> oh, he's, he's, more, I mean, to hear Vince Gill sing is like, Insane. you know, it's, it's a treat. He's, yeah. He, um, I, so I wrote a Christmas song and my producer and I were like, we were making a Christmas record. I was like, man, you know who would sound great on this song with me is Vince Gill. And, mm. and, and, uh, I was, happened to be working with a producer who just didn't believe that, that, uh, you know, no was a word. And so I was like, yeah, that'll never happen. He's like, how do you know? Aww. And so I, I reached out to Amy Grant who I had met a, a handful of times and we had done a duet together. And I texted Amy and I was like, Hey, I've got this Christmas song. My dream is Vince to sing with me. Do you think he would be interested? And she's like, well, ask him yourself. And she sends me his cell phone number. And I'm like, what? so my, my hands get all sweaty and I'm like, I'm about to text Vince Gill. Man, we all need those friends, that producer and oh Amy Grant. Those God. are like, they're just the people. Just to tell you like, Hey, this you is can possible. Do it. Yeah. You know, truth. Okay. So what's this is so weird but i have a song out now called truth be told yeah and every time i start a sentence with truth be told i feel like i'm like plugging my own song <laughs> but now i can't. but but truth be told i tend to be one of those people who feels like one down from other people or one or less than and mm. like in my mind i build up this story that like well man i don't i don't belong in that company and they wouldn't you know they wouldn't want to be a part of something that I'm doing because it's what, I don't know. I just always, my mind just tends to go there all too often. So yeah. the fact that Vince Gill was like, yeah, man, I'll see you soon. And, uh, he showed up at the studio and like pulled out his guitar and wow. just, it was just incredible. So that, that was a career like, I mean, just a highlight from my whole career. I'll never forget imagine. that. Moment. That's, you know, that's, so cool. I mean, something to be incredibly proud of, but also to be proud of the, ambition to pursue it and to go for it because I think that's fear holds us back from so many things and um Matthew and I for our listeners we were talking before about how we're both Enneagram number three and I was going to say I think that's a characteristic of the three is to feel like we're never like you said like I always feel like I'm at the bottom of the totem pole type thing even though right. God has blessed and continues to promote your platform and allow it to be what it is that we always want to be better and feel like we can. And part of me feels like that 
God allows that to kind of protect our hearts because we're such achievers and we want to do those things that it keeps us humble to a point of just saying, Lord, like everything that I have and any yes that I receive is totally from you because these opportunities, like me speaking with you right now is an opportunity that is only from Jesus when I've listened to your music for 12 years, you know, like it's just, it's a blessing. But every moment is like, man, that's just the Lord and it protects us. Uh, Yeah. I mean, we have to ultimately come back to that that realization, you know, yeah. that I'm so focused on my best efforts, you know, it's like, if I do a good enough job, if I do a good enough podcast, if I write a good enough song, mm. if I do these things, then, then God can use me. And it's just, it all points to where our trust is placed. And, you know, that's just a daily struggle for me of just going like, okay, who am I really, who do I really think is going to make a way in the desert? Who's really yeah. going to make happen and even like on a day like today when I'm releasing a brand new podcast it's like I could easily ruin my day by like getting caught in the numbers oh looking at the numbers or the comments or the lack of comments or whatever it might be because in my mind like I could have seven million people listen to it and I'll be like well man what happened to the seven million and one? You know what I mean? Yes. Like I, it just, that's my tendency. And, and so, you know, I think that's a characteristic to, of the, the Enneagram three as well. I've heard it said before that you rarely stay until the confetti falls, you mm. know, there's, in other words, like celebration is not a thing, you know? Yes. So I was talking with Kim Walker Smith recently for an interview. She says she's an eight, but she thinks that she might be a three. And, but same thing, we were talking exactly about this, how you can have the criticism from one person and the praise of a million people and the criticism is what sticks. What's crazy is when, for me, like, you know, I, in years other than 2020, so much of my life is spent in front of this audience. And when you're, when you're on stage every night in front of an audience full of people, it can be awfully hard to remember that your audience is not the audience in front of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just like, it's, it's just so hard. And Mm -hmm. when, when we're on our social media accounts and it's like, that's your audience, that's your, and it's like, it just, you can lose track in a hurry and forget, wait a minute, my audience number is one. This is who, mm-hmm. if I, if my podcast tanks, if my song doesn't go to number one, if people decide they hate my music tomorrow, am I still like, do, am I going to be rocked or am I going to be rock solid? Because yeah. I know that that never defined my worth anyways. And okay. you know, on any given day, I don't know on any given day. I don't know that I'm prepared for that criticism to come or whatever, but I have to just keep coming back every day. Mm-hmm. That's a work in progress, coming back, coming back, coming back, going, God, I know you love me. I know what you say about me is true. And that's what I want to hold on to today and every day. Amen. That's so good. What would you say has been, if you can pull a defining moment for you where you realized, or if you realized, man, I am, I'm caught up in this. Like, was there ever a point where you were just caught up and in just the fame and the excitement, which is not a bad thing, but obviously when it becomes a God thing, it becomes dangerous. Was there ever a point where you were like, oh man, I need to shift my perspective? Gosh, I mean, there's, your show's probably not long enough for all the points. (laughs) There's going to be more more points to come. I mean, honest, being honest, like I think it's, to me, it's like a, that's just a, a constant struggle. Like every time I release a radio single, my mind is like, well, if this, you know, if my last radio single went number one, if this one doesn't go number one, 
Like, do you know how many times I've been super depressed to have a song that, that topped out at number two? Mm. Like it is the most bizarre and dysfunctional mentality to have a song. Do you know the hurdles that one song has to make it through to even see the light of day? I'm just thinking, can you imagine somebody who's not been a part of a record label or anything, have a song at number two, they would probably just keel over because they're so happy. Yeah. There's somebody who wants to be where you are. And then there's always somebody who is where you want to be. Exactly. And for three, you're keenly aware of the other, not, you know, not the people who want to be where you are. You're, you're keenly aware of the people who are where you want to be. And so I think that's been a big struggle for me, but I'll, I'll point to, you asked for an example and I would point to two. One of them was my very first radio single. This is a perfect example. My very first song after signing a record deal that went to the radio became the number one most played song of the entire year ahead of every band and artist in Christian music. So all of my heroes were behind at the end of that year. They did this huge thing, the most played song, 10 week number one song. And I'm like, holy cow. And guess what? That absolutely ruined me. And I couldn't even enjoy that. You want to know why? Because it became your standard. I was was deathly afraid of what's going to happen with song number two. So the confetti's falling. I have the most played song of the year, Confetti's Falling, and I'm going, okay, now my next song has to do just as well or better. And guess what? The second song, nowhere near. The third song, not so much. And I'm like, I mean, and that wrecked me. And I think it was a real, uh, and I'm thankful for that early in my career. I'm thankful for the early success, Mm -hmm. but I'm thankful for all the failures along the way because I think that helped me understand I have to, this can't be, this roller coaster ride for me. I have to know, like, I'm going to put my best foot forward, write the best songs I can, but then I, I can't, I'm not in control of the results and the results are, are not always in the numbers. So I've had songs that were never number one songs that are some of the most impactful songs of my career. And I've know it firsthand because of what the stories are that people share with me. And so I've been given that perspective as well. The other example I would think of is my brother who used to manage me, sent me a text message and he said, I got great news for you. I said, what is it? And I was in New York at the time. He said, you just got nominated for a Grammy award. My response, this was my response verbatim. What category? His response, Christian song of the year. My response, why not album of the year? Question. His response, what is the blankety blank wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) But that shows you like the way my mind was like just unable to celebrate a cool thing that happened because all I was focused on was the one thing that didn't happen to my liking. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I know that's, that's, um, seems to be a common theme among people who, who want to achieve like it really is. But I, I like that you're saying when you set the bar to a certain place, it's really challenging to get your mind to where it's not there again. And then you become discontent. Like that's really the ultimate thing is, no matter how sweet, no matter how good I'm discontent until I find like, it's just a void in our hearts until we realize, all right, I cannot worship this. I'm the same. My numbers, like my husband and I actually had a conversation with my first podcast that started. He's like, you've got to stop. Like I would watch the numbers all day. And I'm like, wait, why isn't this one not doing what last week said? This is crazy. And I would obsess and get, get, 
discouraged and depressed over something that I had no control of that really doesn't matter or affect. And then it's affecting my husband and my kids because I'm allowing the opinions or the listens of people whom I don't even know to dictate my joy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's you're you're hundred percent right. And here's the irony. When I when I'm when I turn my focus on my daughters, for example, I'm the exact opposite person. Mm. Like my expectations of my daughters, like it's you can do like, anything and I'm so oh, excited. Like my daughter my daughter right now is like trying out for volleyball, but she spent a total of fifteen minutes <laughs> practicing volleyball. She doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah. And I I'll submit just the fact that you went to tryouts. I am so stinking proud. I was just having this conversation with her last night. I'm like, yeah. the fact that you tried something new, that you put your, that you stuck your neck out there and you went for it, even if your name's not on the final sheet, I am so proud of you that you tried mm-hmm. it. And you know what? It's like, I've never given myself that talk. Yeah. I've never said, you know, Matthew, your podcast, it might suck, but you know what? You put yourself <laughs> out there. I've never let myself off the hook, but yeah. I think that's just a great example of like, man, the way I see my kids, that's mm-hmm. the way God sees us. And we just yeah. don't let ourselves off the hook long enough. And that's, you know, that's a big part of my story. And, mm-hmm. you know, even when I retell those stories, I, I just laugh at the absurdity of how my mind works sometimes, but, but, you know, maybe it helps somebody else out there who goes, wait a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot same. like that too. I've got to find some contentment here because I don't think God's plan for me is to live in a perpetual state of disappointment in myself. Totally. Yeah. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing. And I would agree. I think that's going to bring freedom to a lot of people. Switching gears a tiny bit. So I had mentioned motions and I asked that because that's literally stuck in my head at least once a week. I love that song. <laughs> um, and Thank it's you. one of those songs for me because of the way that I live, kind of like what we're talking about is for me, my motions are like, I don't want to go through the motions. I don't want to go one more day going through the motions of living my life without God, even in mind. It's like, I'm charging forward to do everything I want to accomplish. And God isn't there. And I think sometimes it's easy to either keep God out of the picture or even keep other people out of the picture for me. And so kind of going back to what we were talking about with the story that even when we're well-intentioned, it's easy for us as people in such a distracting world to check out. And so as you've listened, because I think listening to people's stories keeps us from being so self-focused and so self-consumed. And so how do mindfulness and intentionality play into listening well? And how is that listening well an act of love toward the people in our lives? That's a great question. You know, the, the phrase that came to mind, I actually just wrote it down while you were asking that question was the, 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 the phrase stamp of approval. Mm. And the reason why that comes to mind is because, you know, I think what you described a lot, what you just in a way described and something that resonates with me is a lot of times my life is, um, could be described as less, less about seeking God's will for my life and more about seeking my will and then circling back around and seeking God's stamp of approval. Mm, Right. So am I, am I seeking God's will or am I seeking his stamp of approval on my will? And a lot of that, and a lot of even what we're talking about just continually points to self, self, 
self. And maybe that's one of the reasons why the Lord gave me the idea to, to launch this podcast. Maybe that's one of the reasons why he gave me the idea years ago, not to write songs about my story, but to collect people's stories and write songs about other people. Maybe he just knew that this was going to be a lifelong struggle for me to take my eyes off of my own circumstances long enough to realize that there's a great big world outside my door. And maybe just maybe God wants to use me if I can get my eyes off of myself for long enough to focus on somebody else. And here's the great irony. And this is what I discover all the time, whether it's a missions trip with the ministry that I work with, whether it's the stories that I collect just this morning, I did an online broadcast and people submit their prayer requests in the thousands. Mm -hmm. And every day, Every day we do this broadcast and on one of the one month, one episode a month, we'll do this as well on the podcast. I read people's prayer requests and just say a quick prayer. But man, I'm telling you what, just spend five minutes reading prayer requests that are coming in. And it's yeah. like my literally this morning I read, hey, pray for my family because my husband just told us he doesn't want to be in this family anymore. And he's filed for divorce and we don't want that. Hey, pray for my, um, I just, I had brain surgery two weeks ago and I'm in recovery. Can you pray for me? I mean, literally my son's a heroin addict. I'm not making these up. These were yeah. on the list this morning. So I, I think when you start to see that it opens your eyes, it changes your perspective on your own problems and you know, I've just, I've never once regretted the time I've spent focusing on somebody else's needs, whether it's my family or the world around me, because every time I do, guess what I'm not doing? I'm not focusing on, well, gosh, my song didn't work or I'm not focused. Yeah. It's like life is so much bigger than that. We just, you know, I miss that all too often. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. Well, I could probably chat forever because this is just, it's filling for my soul. Huh? <laughs> It's what I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, it is, it's going back to the stories of other people and just remembering and being refreshed and filled and reminded of the truth that like, man, my world is so far from, I mean, it's literally minuscule in comparison to the lives that matter and getting outside of ourselves. And when we step away from looking in the mirror all the time or looking at our little Instagram squares, man, we can just experience so much more joy and liberation like just in the thought of generosity like to give psychologically physiologically we experience more endorphins more joy more serotonin than we do when receiving and it's the same way when like pouring ourselves out for other people sitting yeah. down and taking the time to actually listen and like counsel or help our world is just so skewed and telling us take all this self-care time that you need and self-love and yes care for yourself, but care for others more. That's how Jesus knows that we're his disciples if we just love. So yeah. I, I want to close out really quickly with some rapid fire questions because I feel like those are fun and help us get to know people. One, if I were to go through your Spotify list, Matthew, what are you listening to right now? Five artists or bands? Well, I'll pull it up right now. Let's Sweet. see what we got going. I, uh, my re most recent, so my daughters, we share a, we share a plan. Okay. A lot of times there's, there's songs that I'm not, you know, I'm not playing Justin Bieber. I can promise you that. But let's see. I just listened to, uh, Eric church. Oh, awesome. Need to breathe. Uh, Chris Tomlin's new record. Um, I just listened to Dan and Shay. I just listened to rascal flats and. But you've written a song for them as well too, right? Or yes, multiple? I did. Yeah. yeah. And really the Matthew S podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, 
I, you know, I love, I, this summer though, I've been like into the classics. Like I, I love summertime oldies, you know, so like I could listen to like Otis Redding, like yeah. sit, sitting on the dock of the bay, like that I kind love of that stuff song. all summer long for me. That's all summer long. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. If you had one dream interview, who would that be? Living for your podcast. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Thank you. Now, who would you interview for the Matthew West podcast? Oh, that's a great question. Um, boy, you know, I tell you what, I'm pretty excited about some of the guests I've I've already interviewed. I'm trying to yeah, think. Yeah, you of, should be proud. I know, I know I've got a bucket list of. Well, I really want to chat with Tim Tebow. Oh yeah. Just because I, I love how he's his ground with his faith in the face of adversity he's doing work um, in sex trafficking right now too he just um is incredible his yeah. nonprofit is amazing i think that'd be really cool um i'm hoping to get to speak to someone named emmanuel acho um he and i are scheduling an interview for the podcast emmanuel has been uh just a leading voice right now in uh in this racial divide in our country and mm. a former nfl player who's now on Fox sports one and he's been releasing these videos called uncomfortable conversations with a black man. Oh, and, I've seen those. I've seen them on social media. Yeah. They're so good. And, um, and so he's somebody that's been on my bucket list, but, uh, that's awesome. but yeah, I'm sure there's some other answers that are some crazy name that I wouldn't have thought of, but, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, I like some of the great songwriters, too. So I'd, I'd probably pick some of those to talk to, which we're going to have so, a lot of musicians on the show. There's no doubt about that. Awesome. All right. If I were to go on Netflix or Amazon, what are you watching right now? Oh, um, well, it's this is so boring, but <laughs> The Office, man. Like, I <laughs> I mean, I, I just keep The Office kind of on repeat. I, it's funny, like, I have watched so little television these last four months. And, and I'm not trying to say, Oh, because I'm like trying to be healthy or whatever. But like, I just like, I've just been so busy that I'm not even, and there's no baseball. So I'm always watching sports okay. and there's just really, so no you would sports. find the office or, um, the last dance, which is the documentary about the Chicago bulls, Michael Jordan era. Oh. And, uh, it was unbelievable documentary. And I grew up in Chicago, so I went to a lot of the games that the documentary talks about, stuff like that. So, so I, I love sports, but that's that's probably most recently in my Netflix queue. Okay, cool. We love The Office, but we have not seen The Last Dance, so we will check that out. Oh man! Well, if you're, I mean, if your husband likes sports at all, or no. basketball, or anything, <laughs> he's or a Michael gamer. Jordan, he <laughs> He's a gamer. Okay, well, My stepdad is a sports addict, so I will definitely tell him about it. He's He loves love them. it. So, well, awesome. Thank you so much, Matthew. I really appreciate your time, your candidness, your vulnerability, and everybody listening. We know we have tons of Christian followers who love Jesus, and then those of you who are just interested in hearing conversations between people. And so no matter what realm of life, season of life you're in, check out the Matthew West podcast. Give him a quick rating and review once you've listened, because those little stars mean the world. And I'm um, just continue sharing. If you enjoy some of his episodes, just like we ask you for Living Easy, share. Please share because it makes a world of difference for us. We thank you so much and we'll talk to you hopefully soon. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really sure. appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, the best thank you you could ever offer is to share the love. 
The simple act of taking a quick screenshot of the episode and tagging at Living Easy Podcast makes such a huge difference in this journey. If you're impacted, someone else might be too, so don't hesitate to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. Also, if you haven't already, please do scroll down from this episode to give a star rating and quick review for the podcast. It only takes a minute, but the impact is huge. Thank you all so much for your support. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram at livingeasypodcast and at lindsay.maestas. Love you guys.